Hello, it is your boy Maurice McMillan with another episode of the Don't Quote Quote Me podcast. It is December 12th, 2018, episode 43, and I got so much shit I want to talk about, I'm not even sure if I'm going to get to it all. But uh, let's uh, get started without further ado. So um, I probably have mentioned this on the podcast before, but I'll mention it again. I do not fuck with award shows. I really just dislike them a lot. I think they're slow and boring and their decisions are usually either really predictable or should I disagree with like 90% of the time. So I overall just don't really care for award shows. Saying that, I watched my first award show in at least five years, probably a lot longer, um, like start to finish. So I watched the, uh, the game awards show. Uh, I watched the uh, recap of it because I heard uh, some of the announcements and I was like, all right, I'll go ahead and watch it. And um, so it, it was pretty, it was surprisingly pretty good. Um, I, I had it on like while I was working, so I wasn't like staring at it the whole time. I was mostly just listening to it until like, like, you know, key points happened or whatever. So, uh, maybe that's why it wasn't as bad as most award shows. So that wasn't like having to look at commercial breaks and watching for the whole start to finish. But, uh, yeah, it was decent. It was cool. Um, I'm gonna talk about it later on in the episode. And, um, also, uh, the other, uh, little bit of housekeeping Right before I move in uh shout outs, the one thing that I always uh feel try to avoid now is I feel like I'm always about to give AOC another shout out, but I'm not this week, even though I want to because she just said something dope on Twitter today, but um, I'm not going to. So um shout out, first shout out goes to Sonic Fox. He uh is a professional gamer or whatever. And uh, I didn't know he existed before he won an award at the Game Awards. He uh, won uh, Esports Gamer of the Year. And so he gave like, a, it was a pretty long speech, I'll admit. But I enjoyed his speech a lot. Uh, and it helps that he's another black dude. You know, I'm always supporting black people in whatever venue they're pursuing. So, you know, black people taking over the pro gaming, you know, I'm with it. So, uh He gave a a funny, I thought his speech was funny. I liked it. And at the end of the speech, he said, I'm black, gay, and a furry. Everything a Republican hates. And apparently pissed off all of Republican Twitter. And he is such a boss. He's just like, I don't give a fuck, you know, (laughs) just keep it pushing. So I respect that. And shout out to him. He he seems like a cool dude. I immediately followed him on Twitter after after his acceptance speech. So uh, yeah, he seems chill. And uh, my second shout out goes to Cardi B. And uh, as I said, uh, fuck award shows. I'm going to mention several in this episode, which is weird. But uh, Cardi B uh, had uh, some court issues. She had to go to court, uh, I think, last Friday or sometime uh, end of last week, early this week. I don't remember what day. Basically, she had to go to court. And as she was coming out of court, somebody told her, like, hey, do you know you've been nominated for a Grammy? She's like, what? Ow! You know, just like, I just love how honest in the hood she is. So, uh, you know, shout out to her. Plus, you know, she's a fun personality. And uh, her and uh, Offset broke up, but I'm not going to get into that because... I'm not that invested in celebrity relationships, but you know, it was caught my eye for a little bit. But anyway, let's move on into the episode. (music) 
before I get into uh, politics, I just have a random side note. For some, I, I've spent so much t- time downtown that I feel like the smell of homeless people is just baked into my nose. And every time I smell, it feels like I'm still outside and I'm behind some like musty dude. And it is this, oh man, I can't get the smell out of my nose. It's distracting. But anyway, so politics. First off, uh, apparently John Kelly is uh, is on his way out in the White House. It's finally official because uh, it, it's been a rumor for like how I don't even know how many months. I want to say at least since the summer. It's been a rumor that he's going to leave. He's going to leave. He's going to leave. And he hasn't left. He hasn't left. And so apparently he's finally leaving. Uh, he, I think he was supposed to leave at the end of the year uh, or a little bit sooner. But uh, all uh, Trump's uh, looks for replacements are all like, nah, I'm good, G. So um, there, there have been a couple people, uh, names have been coming out. Uh, David Ayers is the name that was his, uh, his original go-to pick, which is basically Mike Pence's chief of staff. And uh, he uh, it was basically to say, hey, Mike Pence, give me your chief of staff. I need one. That's basically what it seems like because I, I don't think Trump has any like forethought into actually looking for someone who's qualified for the position. He's just like, what's quick and easy and works to my benefit? And so uh, he asked uh, for Mike Pence's and... Trump's White House is such a shit show that the fact that he even asked for Mike Pence's VP, that nigga straight up quit his job, basically. (laughs) He's like, not only do I not want to work for you, I'm going back home. (laughs) Obviously, he he said it with a little bit more tact. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go work on, um, you know, I'm going to work on the reelection campaign, go back to my wife and kids, you know, just going to, you know, go back, you know like turn off the lights and leave you know or whatever it is it's so funny that like he like not only did he say no like he left his job like that's fucking hilarious to me but uh so far all the other people that he's named like i think like rick santorum like he said no on tv but like basically all the people like random like basically just pick a any prominent republican they're all they pretty much all said no and uh trump is defiant saying like oh no i got like 10 people on that list and uh i think i was watching the majority report where someone pointed out well it could have been uh i I forgot i don't know if it was a majority report it was it was i was watching some show and they pointed out in a country of 300 million people trump has 10 people who want the job now who are qualified like, it's like, oh, that's 10 people on his list. It's like, like, mm, that's so sad. But uh, good luck to him, I guess. Hopefully they don't make things worse, even though the odds of that happening are almost 100%. Um, who else did he name? Uh, I, I, for, I think uh, I almost said Tim Meadows. What is his name? Uh, I forgot. Fucking uh, one uh, GOP congressman is hinting at he might do it. But I'm pretty sure only if like Trump like berates him into doing it, and so uh, so far Trump doesn't have a pick, and uh, uh, from what I last read, John Kelly is apparently gonna be uh, leaving the White House a little bit later than he originally planned, basically because Trump can't find a replacement, and Trump's pissed like always, which uh you know that's just that's just icing on the cake. So um, while that's happening, uh, we also had some more uh dumbass uh trump drama uh yesterday 
And uh, so Trump met with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. And uh, I saw this news basically after uh, this all happened. I just happened to check Twitter. And I saw people saying that, like, you know it's bad when Chuck Schumer makes you look bad. And so uh, I go back. I look up what's happening. And so apparently... Uh, Trump and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer had a meeting to discuss a, po- a potential government shutdown in, uh, what, about a week or two? Forgot the exact date. I want, within the next week, uh, week and two weeks in that time frame. So um, I keep swatting out a fly, so I might just start fucking swinging. But anyway, uh, he uh, had this meeting. They wanted to do it in private. Because the Democrats are weak and don't want to just clown the president in public. Uh, I, I made the mistake of listening to Morning Joe today for the first time like a, like a month or two. And they were saying how like, oh, it's, it's really smart that Nancy Pelosi didn't clown Trump. It's really smart that Chuck Schumer wouldn't confront Trump to his face. Because they know if we make Trump look bad, he makes us all look bad. And anyone with half a brain is sitting here like, Bruh, Trump makes us look bad every fucking day. I'm pretty sure saying the truth isn't going to add much to the pile. Like, we knew what the score was in 2016. And in 2018, you're either with it or you're not. There's not, there's very, there's like six people who are really like swayed on a day-to-day basis about, hmm, Trump's cool. Actually, you know what? Trump's not cool. Hmm, you know what? Actually, there's only like six people who aren't who don't have their minds made the fuck up already so it's it, it's i i personally didn't understand why everyone is just like patting themselves on the back so aggressively uh they like it, it obviously uh if you see i think it's like a 17 minute clip i just watched bits and pieces but like if you watch it it's definitely clear that trump comes off bad in the exchange it's definitely clear that uh, at least Chuck Schumer tricked Trump into basically saying that like, Hey, whatever happens, I'm taking the blame, which he is, I don't think he's ever done in this entire presidency offer to take any share of any kind of blame in any way in like what, two years now, almost two years. And so in hindsight, that is kind of weird and he's obviously lying, but it's just weird that he even offered it out loud. Because it just it caught me off guard. But anyway, so Chuck Schumer basically Jedi mind tricks one of the dumbest dudes in the country into saying that like, hey, yeah, if uh, we shut down over this border wall and you guys won't give me money for it, then, uh, you know, uh, I'll take the blame for it. And so Republicans behind the scenes are freaking the fuck out like, hey, we always blame the Democrats. What the fuck are you doing? You're ruining the plan. And so... uh I, uh, Trump kind of, he, he did it very lightly at like 5am this morning where he like, oh yeah, it's still a Democrat's fault. He did it in a very light way. But the reason why I'm not like celebrating in the streets, like a lot of other Democrats were is because I know for a fact that in a a couple of days, couple hours, couple weeks or whatever, Trump is going to eventually forget all of this happened and say it's Democrats fault that we're having a government shutdown because of X, Y, and Z. And the mainstream media is going to pretend like that makes sense. And then they're going to say, Democrats, Trump says you should, 
you know, uh, cave in because of X, Y, and Z. Why won't you guys cave in? And then because Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are the leaders, they're probably going to cave in. So, um, I don't know what the exact details are going to be. We're going to see if I'm right in a couple of weeks. I don't think it'll even take that long, maybe a week. We'll see if Trump starts uh, switching. They're like, yeah, Democrats fucked up because of this. Uh, they they hate. Uh, they want open borders. They uh, they hate America. They love immigrants. They love uh, the poor people who want to kill your your white babies. Democrats want to do all that shit. So you got to give me the money for the border wall. And then the news is gonna be like like TV news. The cable news is gonna be like, hey, yeah, if Trump said X, Y, and Z, he said all that. So you should do it. Like completely just not even questioning. So we'll, we'll see how this plays out. Hopefully I'm wrong. I, I like to think of the most worst case scenario. And then when they're right. And then when I'm right, then I can brag. But then when I'm wrong, I'm just like, okay, cool. It, things weren't as bad as I assumed they would be. But um, yeah, Trump is not going to, you know, just take this lying down for like several days in a row, let alone more than a week. He doesn't have the attention span or the discipline. So we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, so while this is happening, apparently they have uh, uh, Chuck Schumer and uh, the the Republicans have basically finalized making uh, Joe Manchin in charge of the Energy Committee. So uh, we basically got a coal executive uh, trying to stave off climate change in America from the Democrats point of view, at least he's our democratic leadership now. So uh, if you ever, if you ever needed another reason to dislike Chuck Schumer, he'll always give you one more. Um, all you have to do is just pay attention to anything he does and nine times out of 10, it backfires. So, um, or not even backfires. It's like had no benefit to begin with, like kicking yourself in the dick. Like there was no positive end game for that. But he'll do that kind of thing. So um, uh, the other big news came out today. Uh, apparently, Michael Cohen is going to jail for three years, uh, or at least on paper. He's been sentenced to three years. Um, there's almost a 100% chance that he doesn't serve all three of those years. At most, at most, I think he'll serve a year. Maybe a year and a half. I don't think there's any way in hell that America will let this rich white person actually go to prison for his whole term. <laughs> like, I just don't see it happening. They already made concessions because he was somewhat helpful, even though he lied a little bit. Um, he was helpful enough to where all of his sentences are going to be served concurrently. So instead of serving three plus eight plus seven plus whatever years he's just going to serve the three-year sentence for all of those crimes so um uh we'll see if trump gets a longer sentence if at all sentenced at all because i mean he has kavanaugh at the end of the day the supreme court is i feel like it's his trump card so if uh if Robert Mueller and everybody says like, hey, you're guilty as fuck. We're sending you to prison for life. He'll just be like, nah, I'm good. Supreme Court, what should we do? And then he has he has his uh, tiebreaker. So, um, but you know, worst case scenario. We'll see if I'm right or not. But uh, Cohen is going to prison, which is really funny because he goes, one of the people shouting, uh, shouting lock her up. 
You know, uh, Michael Flynn, Michael Cohen, the Michaels, man. Well, y'all can't lock her up. Y'all get locked up. <laughs> Damn, y'all y'all is projecting like a motherfucker, man. Like, y'all basically saying, don't lock me up. And guess what? Y'all niggas fucked up. But anyway, the other bit of news that came out today was apparently uh, the farm bill passed and uh, so uh, it's basically a spending bill to, uh, what is it, to help farmers with Trump's dumbass trade war. To Apparently they legalized hemp, which caught me off guard because it was outlawed for so long for no fucking reason. And they did something that made sense. Uh, it was it actually had bipartisan support to legalize hemp. And this is different from marijuana. All the stoners already know that, but like hemp is like used for like, like paper and rope and random shit like that. So, uh, it's just more effective than like using trees and, uh, wood in general. So, uh, it's, uh, a green, uh, part of the bill that passed and that had bipartisan support. And on, that's one of the good things that happened. And also on the bad side, America voted with the help of Democrats, of course. This was bipartisan as well. America is going to keep on fucking over the kids in Yemen. And the war is going to continue with American support. And it passed with three votes. Five Democrats voted for it. And uh, I actually had a list. Let me look that up right now. Okay, so the five Democrats who voted... Uh, with the Republicans to block a vote for the uh, to stop basically to stop America's involvement in the war on Yemen were Jim Costa, Al Lawson, Colin Peterson, Dutch Ruperberger, and David Scott. So, uh, and there were a couple of Democrats who abstained. Uh, Keith Ellison was a notice, notable uh, uh, person who abstained, but it, I didn't look it up, but I vaguely saw something on Twitter that apparently he had some prior issue where he couldn't beat her of the day. Um, but at the same time, this is a really important vote. So I don't, I, I, I will give him that pass just because I don't know what his reason, I haven't looked up what his reason was specifically, but as far as I know, all the other Democrats who abstained and uh, who, vo- who voted uh, in favor of the Yemen war can all eat dicks. Um, barring any like weird, like, you know, reason why they couldn't vote. It, it, these five, the ones I just listed, they can all eat a bag of dicks for this one. So, um, if you don't know, basically there's this devastating war in fam in, uh, Yemen and there's a really giant famine going on. There's a lot of uh, pictures of starving kids, uh, going around. It's like, if you Google Yemen kids, you'll probably feel sick inside. So, um, it's really fucked up and obviously since it's fucked up and horrible america is like yeah we got to keep doing that so it's really depressing uh especially because a lot of people had their hopes that this would pass and they could end their end this war that much sooner but um yeah democrats what are you gonna do this is why you want actual progressives like uh, the Justice Democrat caucus, uh, the progressives uh, for the most part in general, except for the ones who were fake progressive, um, but uh, like Steny Hoyer. But um, the people who 
actually believe in shit and do good things, I'm not talking about them. But the fucking Democrats who fucking do this bullshit, like the Joe Mansions of the world, is just like, you're fucking worse than Republicans. But whatever. And uh, to close out my uh, political section, I want to talk about Betomania. So apparently the fix, okay, I'm trying so hard not to say the fix is in, but it feels really bizarre and over, like it's, it's beyond coincidence that all of the mainstream media has all come to the same conclusion at the same time that better or work should be the front runner for, uh, 2020. And it's just so fucking weird how like it all just happened at the same time. And people were saying it right after he lost to Ted Cruz. And I was like, stop it. Like, what are y'all doing? You know, he just lost. Calm down. You know, and this just picked up more and more steam, more and more steam, more and more people are invested in Better O'Rourke. And it just feels like, I, I, I will admit, Better O'Rourke is not as bad as all of the other names they have listed. I will admit that. But the issue with Better O'Rourke is that like, uh, Chapel Trap House actually put it in a really uh, great way. And uh, I was watching Kyle, because I watched that, I listened to that episode, right? And, you know, I just listened to it, whatever. And then, like, a day later, I watched Kyle Kalinske talk about that episode. And he he, uh, mentioned specifically this one point that I completely didn't even think about. And basically, people are saying that Better O'Rourke is the white Obama, which is a whole other annoying thing. And everybody's like, like girls are writing fucking fan fiction about him and shit. Like people are losing their minds over Beto. And Chapo Trap House basically put it in a very uh, good way where he's basically a blank slate where people to project their hopes onto. And that's basically what Obama was because what we were hoping and expecting when we first voted for him in 2008 is a completely different Obama than what we got and, you know, him leaving office 2016. I mean, uh, 2017, you know, January. But um, it, it's this, uh, I, I, obviously I won't say like Obama was a horrible president or anything. Uh, there were some issues uh, with regarding war and uh, immigration that were definitely fucking uh, less than great you know, the whole war criminal shit like every other president. Um, but uh, I will admit he was definitely better than what we have now by a long, long shot. And uh, so when you're comparing it to the bottom, obviously anything is better than the bottom. And it, it's just, everybody is saying like, oh, Beto is going to win because X, Y, and Z, but they're not really talking about what he stands for. And to be honest with you, he doesn't stand for as much as he did early on in his uh, run against Ted Cruz. The closer it got to the election, the more he started to kind of like bland out a little bit. So I kind of feel like he was just progressive for the for the uh, for the progressive vote. That's what it felt like, because his voting record is not as great as, for example, Bernie Sanders, my obvious pick for 20 uh, for 2020. 
So uh, Bernie Sanders made a lot more tougher votes, whereas like Beto O'Rourke voted for like uh, what defunding, uh, deregulating Wall Street and uh, giving more military budget to Trump and shit like that, where Bernie Sanders will vote like absolutely no on shit like that, no matter what. He doesn't really get bullied into doing shit like that like everybody else seems to. And so my fear is that everybody is just glomming on to Beto because he's a blank slate and they can just say, hey, he's for this because I'm for this, where he didn't say he was. Like, hey, I'm for health care. What does that mean? You're for a single payer, Medicare for all, Obamacare, fucking Republican Trump care, that fucking horrible shit. Like just saying health care is vague as fuck. And doing shit like that to avoid having concrete positions makes people like me suspicious. Especially when people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders are so specific on a consistent basis about the things that they like and want. Like I, the Democrats who the media has been pushing nonstop have all been extremely, uh, extremely, uh, what's the word? Um, they've been so, how do I phrase this? They have just been ignorant, I guess, to, people actually caring about policy. Well, I, I guess to be fair, it's not even just the media. People in general seem to care about uh, personality more than policy. And uh, that's why I almost gave AOC the shout out today. She was talk talking about on Twitter how people are saying that even though she's not of age for president, she should just run for president anyway. And she's like, no, that's dumb. Can we talk about policy instead of, you know, just getting caught up in people we like being president? And so let's talk about healthcare, minimum wage, and et cetera, et cetera. And that's how I feel about the 2020 race specifically. And that's why Bernie Sanders is my pick. Is anyone running for president who's announced who is beating him on policy? A blatant no. Not even close. And so it, it, I, find it, I find it interesting that ever since Beto's name came up, the Kamala Harris shit has almost melted away completely. And a lot of people's name, like, uh, I forgot who, but somebody uh, dropped out of the race hella early. But, like, people are starting to seem like they're getting in line behind Beto early. And he met with Obama people, and he, uh, it, it, like, I haven't heard Cory Booker's name in a fraction as much as I've heard Beto's name over the last, like, two weeks. And before they would say Cory Booker and Kamala Harris together, regularly it'd be either or and so uh if it wasn't like fuck bernie it'd be kamala harris because she's a woman or cory booker because he's black and they have not really said any i maybe i'm missing it maybe i'm in a bubble but all the people who are pushing for better o'rourke or pushing for kamala harris or joe biden apparently someone wrote a dumbass article saying that joe biden and mitt romney should run on a unity ticket and they were dead ass serious they like so people are saying all of these names and other than bernie sanders i haven't had heard anyone mention anything policy related and so the reason why i am not voting for beto for president if i can avoid it is because he's basically obama of the 2008 like i don't say he's white obama i say he's 2018 obama and what by that i mean He's just making centrism cool. So centrism is basically 
hey, Republicans want to do this shit and we want to do this, but if we can't, it's okay. Like, actually, it's not okay. We need to do this because it benefits the most amount of people or it saves money or it makes sense or it protects the planet or whatever reason you want to use. When progressives have a policy issue, it's for specific reasons, not just because, hey, we want it. Where it just seems like that's what people are arguing for when it comes to presidents. Like, hey, we want Kamala Harris to be president. Okay, why? Uh, <laughs> I haven't heard anyone's fucking arguments other than they're charismatic, which is where we come back to Beto. So, uh, this is, brings it back to Chapo Trap House again. They, uh, mention how, like, Bernie Sanders is basically really uncharismatic. And he's like disheveled and he like speaks in a like kind of like an old grumpy person's voice or whatever. And so the fact that he is so non-charismatic, his policies have to be good. Otherwise, why would anyone care? And so his policies are so good that you forgive that he's not charismatic, that you forgive that he doesn't do X, Y, and Z that other politicians might do. Because his policies are so fucking good and he's been for the same policies for so many years that you know he's genuine. Versus the people who just now realize that Medicare for All is a good thing to run on. Like for example, Better O'Rourke. He ran on it, but he's not endorsed a bill for it. And the closer it got to the general, the less you heard about it. So, long story short, uh, it's, it's, it, uh, it feels like it's inevitably going to come down to a war between the brochalist and the battlefiles. So, um, I guess we shall see who wins and the media is clearly going to continue the anti Bernie wave. Twitter is going to continue the anti Bernie wave, but when the numbers are on your side, he's the most popular, popular politician in America. And, uh, the, the propaganda can only work so well. So hopefully it doesn't work well enough to cost him another uh, nomination. But we'll see what happens. Because um, I feel like he's better suited for it now because more people know his name. His approval rating is really high. And despite everybody saying that he's terrible in PLC, he's terrible with people of color. He's terrible with uh, black issues. He's terrible with all of this race shit. His favorability among black people and Latinos and Asians is really high. <laughs> so it's like uh, when you look at the numbers, everything people say on Twitter doesn't really add up, but they're going to keep saying it anyway. So I don't know what else we can do except see what happens. I'm, I'm staking my flag early. I'm going for Bernie 2020. And when the Democrats inevitably say, fuck Bernie, let's pick a loser. I will definitely laugh. Because uh, I, I'm starting to, <clears throat> I'm starting to admit to myself that there is a higher chance than I thought, let's say a month ago, that Trump will not even be running for president in 2020. So if he's not running, he could be either in jail, which I almost doubt, I doubt will ever happen, or he could have just resigned. I can almost guarantee he'll never see a day in jail. As much as he deserves to. Just because America is not really good at, you know, punishing rich white people. Especially rich white men. So, um, he'll, he'll get away with it. That's almost guaranteed. 
And regardless of all the news that's played out, regardless of the mother investigation, regardless of all the memes and all the people surrounding him getting real prison sentences, I don't see any reality where he actually serves a day in jail. We're not that lucky. <laughs> so I think he might quit or at the best case scenario for Trump, he makes it to 2019 or uh, maybe like June or September of 2019 and this decides, you know what? I'm not running for re-election. Fuck it. Had a good run. Like I, I could see that now. I really could. So that said, if Trump is not running, then I will not laugh when uh, Democrats push inevitably for better O'Rourke or Kamala Harris or whoever, whatever centrist that they have who will uh, say nice things and do close to nothing. Whoever they get as their front man, fine, I guess. Do y'all. But uh, if Trump is running in 2020, if they, if they put up some bullshit candidate, they are going to lose and somehow manage to be surprised to fight, despite the fact that thousands of people have been predicting this for months and months and months, self-included. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, enough of that. I've ranted on long enough. Let's talk about television. So, um, I am almost caught up in Empire. Um, I, what, I think, um, I think I'm episode behind. No, I think, uh, there's a new episode tonight or tomorrow. And then I think I am caught up. I forgot. Uh, I won't spoil it, but, uh, it looks like a main character is dying for sure, for sure. And we now know who that person is. And, um, I'm not entirely sure there's not going to be a fake out. We'll see what happens. Um, I haven't looked up if there's like some contract shit with the actor, but, um, there could be some shit that's keeping them, uh, keeping them, uh, from, um, you know, from doing the show in the next season. So, or for the rest of this season rather. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But, um, I, I'm, coming back around to empire i feel like i was uh over the last uh break between season four and season five i was thinking about maybe i'm just done with the show now because i'm not as excited because before i used to watch it like live and that's a big deal for me because i'd never watch tv live and so now i like watch it like weeks after the fact and so um I'm starting to lose my steam because I just watch so many shows that I'm starting to consider just like trimming the fat because I, I have a, I literally have a list, like a page list of all the shows I watch pages actually of all the shows I watch and, uh, the ones that are on air and on break and all of that. So, um, I was just trying to think of some shows to cut and empire might be one of those shows for me. We'll see how this season ends. If this season ends like on a really, really high note, then I'll keep watching. But if it's any kind of like lackluster shit, I might just move on. It's cause, uh, not because I don't like empire. Uh, I know a lot of people are down on that show. Um, I still like the show a lot, but do I like it as much as, you know, 
other shows that I watch. Um, now I'm, I'm blanking right now. <laughs> like, for example, like Sunny. Uh, every time there's a new episode of Sunny, I watch that shit very quickly. Um, but uh, Empire, like long dramas in general, I'm less likely to binge watch as I used to. But um, other than Empire, I, uh, I've, I finally stopped my binge of King of the Hill. I've moved on to some other shit. I started like season nine and just watched all the way up to 13 and then just stopped. I didn't realize before that season 13 didn't have like an actual ending, but, um, it's whatever. I, I, I don't remember the circumstances of why the show ended. Like if it were canceled or if it was like planned to end that way or whatever. But, uh, uh also I am uh, catching up and a uh, blackish as well. So uh, I hadn't watched the new season I watched the first episode and haven't watched anything since then. So now I'm uh, catching up slowly. I think I'm on like episode three, if I remember correctly. Um, I know I watched the one where Diane had a crush and then where Junior had a leap year. Oh yeah, episode three, that was the last one I saw. So I was about calling the police on people. And that episode had me fucking dying because like, that's literally how I feel about the police. Like I would never like, like unless I am literally being stabbed to death or something, I don't think I'd ever call the police on a black person. And I just like, you know, figure it out. But, um, if, if a white person like remotely inconveniences me in a way where I feel like I can call the police, I'm a hundred percent calling the police. <laughs> like do it for the ancestors. <laughs> Let me jam y'all up for five minutes. So, you know, whatever. But anyway, uh, so that episode was funny. Um, and I gotta uh, watch more of it and catch up on the season. Um, but what else? Um, I haven't been watching that much TV, but I'm about to get back into it um, just because uh, the game I'm playing now, I can kind of get away with more background TV than I could. But um, yeah, I'll get into that later. But uh, news. So uh, this news uh, is for a show that I don't watch, but uh, I, I just... It, you don't really see this kind of story every day, so I just thought I, anyone else who's interested might want to know. So um, this is from Deadline.com. But uh, so apparently there's a death on the set for uh, Power. Uh, it's one of those shows that's been on my list for hella long. I know pretty much every black person I know loves it. Um, who or all the black people I know who watch it love it. And uh, so apparently. Uh, it's from Deadline. An early morning accident on the sixth season of Power has left a longtime production assistant dead. Pedro Jimenez was fatally struck by an SUV at around 4.30 a.m. Eastern Time Monday while setting up parking cones for a Brooklyn location shoot for the Star Series. We are deeply saddened by the loss of one of the members of our power family. A star spokesperson told Deadline of the death of the 63-year-old parking PA. Our thoughts are with Mr. Jimenez's family as uh, we work to fully understand what has happened. Jimenez has been with the series since its first day of production and power debuted in 2014. So uh, NYDP is uh, investigating, but uh, I just thought that was... Uh, Cause when I first read it, I was like, I saw uh, death on the set, 
NYPD investigating. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like, was it some Bruce Lee shit? Was there assassination? But, uh, it, it, no, it was like, actually like, like, uh, you know, just, uh, uh, bad luck and, you know, something separate from like the actual shoot. Like it wasn't like someone, you know, on the set killed him. So, uh, that at least I got, I didn't want it to be like a, like a, well, I guess technically it was murder. He got hit by a car, but like, I didn't want it to be like, uh, like, uh, show related incompetence. That was just like someone in the world's like poor driving. Um, so, uh, yeah, obviously my heart goes out to their family. It's really fucked up, you know, uh, lose a person like that, uh, especially at work. You know, most people who go to work and it's like, fucking kill me now. Very few people mean it. So, uh, it's really unfortunate. And I just wanted to, uh, talk about that because, you know, as I mentioned, you know, I, you don't really see people dying on the set of shows much these days. So I just thought that was interesting. And, uh, apparently, uh, uh, there was a teaser trailer for Stranger Things and I actually haven't seen it yet. And I made a note to watch it and totally forgot to watch it. So I'm just going to watch it right now and tell y'all what I think. Okay, so I watched it. It was just a, a list of the title titles for season three. Uh, there still hasn't been a release date for season three. I just know it's coming out next year at some point. Um, it, it I have like what, like two Stranger Things shirts. Like I have a Stranger Things figure on my desk. Uh, needless to say, I'm hyped. So, um, I have a Stranger Things patch on my backpack. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely hyped. Uh, I'm, I'm ready for the show to fucking hurry up and come along. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's gonna, it's taking a sweet ass time, but, uh, we'll see. Uh, I just gotta keep on waiting, I guess. And, uh, also in the news, Punisher season two comes out in January. And I know I mentioned this on a previous episode. I don't remember which one, but ever since uh, Daredevil got canceled and Luke Cage got canceled and Iron Fist got canceled and uh, the Defenders got canceled, I'm pretty sure that regardless of what happens with The Punisher, season two is going to be the last season for Netflix. It might uh, show up in like a Marvel, like Disney Plus or whatever their streaming shit's going to be. But uh, I... I don't see a future for it past season two unless the streaming numbers are like just straight up bananas. So, uh, which I doubt they will be. They'll probably be good. I just don't think they're going to be anything crazy. Um, but I will admit I loved season one of uh, Punisher. I just felt like it took a little, took a little while to get going. Um, so, uh, hopefully season two has a faster pace because if it does, then maybe we will binge watch it. And uh, on the topic of binge watching, apparently Netflix put out a list of like the shows that were most binge watched this last year. And the show that topped the list completely caught me off guard, which was one of my favorite shows of the year on my block. And uh, I had talked about it on one of my uh, first episodes, actually. Uh, what was the episode five? Um, so uh, that was what Angel was on. But, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen that show, it's great. It's like a, uh, kind of like a, it's a funny, but hood show. It, 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 it's, it's cool. It's cool. It, it's like kind of campy, but it's hood. So it, it, they blend it really well. 
It has like real moments of hood shit, but like real moments of like kind of like slapstickish or whatever. So uh, yeah, it's it's dope, hella good, one of my favorites. And um, so I kind of buried the lead on this one, build y'all up. So I'm about to talk about the uh, the biggest TV news really uh, of the last uh, week or whatever is uh, Kevin Hart was going to host the Oscars. And he was like, oh, man, Kevin Hart. I, he's, like, oh, he's like, oh, I'm going to host the Oscars. It's one of my life dreams. I can't wait. You know, I hope this uh, come, I hope this comes true for me. Uh, I mean, I've been wanting this to come true for me. This is awesome. And like what, like a day later, two days later, everybody dug up his old tweets, uh, f- uh, finding all his anti-gay tweets that he said, like, uh, what, seven, eight years ago, I'm going to say. Uh, so they pull out all his receipts. And, uh, so I, uh, I, I, uh, well, I guess not obviously, but, uh, so if, if you don't know, if, I don't know if, if you didn't put, put two and two together, I'm a straight male. So as a straight male, I'm definitely coming from it, coming at this from a perspective that is irrelevant to the, uh, to the, to the party in question. Since I am not gay, I can't comment on how gay people feel. So that aside, I feel like people who I would assume are on the left or Democrats, progressives, whatever you want to call them, call them are uh, usually overwhelmed, like not overwhelmingly gay, but over uh, the, the LGBT community is overwhelmingly to the left compared to, to the right. So as an ally to the left on the political spectrum, I find it very frustrating when our side puts time and energy into things like what someone said seven years ago, but doesn't put that same time and energy into, for example, making Democrats stop bombing kids in Yemen or preventing Republicans from stealing democracy in North Carolina or Wisconsin or Michigan. Like, like if you kept that same energy for the things that really, really, really mattered, then this thing would be fine to me. I believe that you can walk and chew gum. But this shit, when I first saw it, pissed me off to no end, especially because I was reading about all the shit going on in North Carolina and whatnot. And so it, it's just like the, the shit people put their time into it's really frustrating, and I envy the free time that some people have. So, that said, Kevin Hart did not handle it the best way. He was a little defensive. Uh, I think, uh, what was it, Charlemagne put it, or uh, Ebro, or one of the radio hosts. They basically said he was getting into his own head a little too much. And that definitely is what it came off as. So, uh, uh, Kevin Hart, uh, when uh, confronted by these old tweets, Basically, uh, everybody was like, hey, you're hosting the Oscars. You said X, Y, and Z. That's not cool. And his response was like, hey, I have already disavowed those tweets. They're hella old. Y'all just haters and trolls. I've already apologized for these tweets multiple times. And y'all just want to like, you know, pull me down. Basically was his response. So it comes off very defensive. And if you were one of the people who pulled this, pulled out his receipts, you probably didn't like their response. And so 
the uh like for the Oscars Academy Awards or whatever, they reached out to him saying like, "Hey, you're gonna have to apologize if you want to host." And he was like, "Nah, I'm cool." And so uh he uh basically said, "Nah, I- I'm not gonna apologize if y'all want to part ways. That's that's cool, whatever." And so um they- then he says, uh, "Well, like an hour later, he's like, all right, not only I, I guess I'm gonna apologize again.'" I'm paraphrasing, obviously. He wasn't as curt as I am. He's like, okay, I'm apologize again. And uh, I, anyway, I'm still not going to do the shit. So anyway, I'm out and I apologize again. So leave me alone. <laughs> so that was the gist of it. And um, so it, it, it's funny because he said he wasn't going to apologize. He made a big deal about it. He's really uh, defensive. And he ended up not doing it and, not, and, and apologizing anyway. So it's just like, it really makes all of those theatrics make you look bad a little bit. I don't think Kevin Hart's a bad guy by any means. He, he's uh, rich and successful, so I'm not going to, like, you know, lose any sleep over him not hosting the Oscars. But at the same time, I wish y'all kept that same energy for the shit that really mattered. Because I, 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 said, I'll say, I said it before, I'll say it again. I'm straight, so I'm only looking at this from a certain perspective. But someone being anti-gay and saying the, uh, the F word and all of that shit in 2018 is infinitely more important to me than someone saying it seven years ago. And I'd rather care about people who are, you know, trying to take away rights from gay people more so than what a comedian said seven years ago. That's just me. I'm weird. You know, it's my cishet fucking whatever the fucking kids say on the internet. Fill in the blank. Anyway, let's move on to the part of the show I want to talk about this whole episode video games or more specifically smash bros so pretty much since friday i have played actually not even pretty much literally since smash bros has came out that is all I've played. That's all I wanted to play. That's all I've thought about. And it is just as great as everybody thought it would be. Um, I uh, am a surprisingly a big fan of World of Light mode. Um, I'm actually a little bummed because I am almost at 100% a lot sooner than I anticipated. So... Um, I played it for like 30 hours, which was, I'll, I'll admit the game itself, the, the single, the story mode or whatever was a lot longer than I thought it would be. But at the same time, I thought taking a hundred percent would take a lot longer. So, um, I, uh, am at 99.67%. I have did 613 tiles out of 615 and I have been scouring the map for those last two I have no fucking clue where to look and that's basically all I've been doing for like the last like day now um I haven't played much because you know work sleep but the last 24 hours basically most of it has been me looking for where those last two fights are um but yeah I, I finished the story mode um, this, the story is, it's basically nothing to be honest with you, but the, the concept of the, you going along a map and having to do like these really, 
uh, weird challenges that are like kind of based off spirits are really cool. Um, I, I won't ruin it. I won't spoil anything specific, but I, I will say there are cool little um, side levels in this mode or like kind of like side diversions or whatever. Like there's like a Kirby level. There's like a Street Fighter level. There's a, a, a Metal Gear level. Like, but they're not like levels in like step one, step two, step three. But like, you'll, you'll see if you play the game. I won't, I won't ruin it by being specific. But there's like these like levels that are like clearly inspired from certain series that are really well done. Um, one of my favorite parts in the game is the Street Fighter mode. It's fucking perfect. And uh, so um, I uh, have spent most of my time playing in World of Light mode. So I haven't had a, a lot of time online. I know I finally uh, bit the bullet and bought the Nintendo online service or whatever. Pretty much just for Smash Bros. So um, I have played a total of what three I, I, i'll round up i'll say four matches online and the the internet hasn't been that bad for me uh, i did have a little bit of lag last night but all the matches i played before that were perfectly fine um so uh, i know a lot of people were saying it's fucking horrible nintendo fucked up again it's it's unplayable it's this and that but my personal experience with it it, it was totally fine um, other than that one match from last night. But, uh, since I'm almost done with single player, I'm going to be playing a lot more online over the next couple of days. So if it is really bad, I will know immediately. Um, pretty much once I finish recording, I'm going to pretty much jump straight into online. Maybe look around for those last two, uh, those last two fights a little bit longer. I just, I don't want to give up this close to a hundred percent. Um, but I'll definitely play some online tonight. Uh, so if it's terrible, I'll be bitching. Um, but yeah, Smash Bros is fucking great. Uh, I have a new main. Uh, I'm playing as Richter mostly now. I'm trying to learn Bayonetta, but she's not as good as I thought she would be. Because uh, apparently she was like the best for pro play for uh, Brawl. And uh, everybody, like all the pros were... Like pretty much, in the, if I remember correctly, the finals were two Bayonettas against each other. But, uh, so when I played her, I was expecting a lot, but I personally feel like Richter is a lot better than Bayonetta, but maybe that's just me. Um, I, I, I do know for a fact that when people really start getting into the meta of this game and start, like, unless like Nintendo does any like drastic balancing changes or whatever, but assuming this version is, stays the same for a long time, I can guarantee you that Richter is going to be one of the, uh, top tier characters because he just functions in a way that just does everything almost to the best of its ability like he has a lot of range he has a lot of speed he has good aerial attacks he has a good up b a good down b a good side b a good uh neutral b he has good smashes he has good uh comeback to the stage uh his throws are solid like he doesn't really have any downsides that i can immediately think of um so, uh, I, he's definitely one of my new favorite. Uh, and, uh, other than that, I've also uh, enjoyed Incinerar a little bit. Um, so Incinerar I've enjoyed, Inkling I've enjoyed, uh, surprisingly the Mii Sword Fighter. Uh, you can, you can choose your, 
your moves for the me uh, the me fighters like the brawler the gunner and the sword fighter so you can pick which moves work for you best but the moves that i had for my me fighter i thought I, I feel like it was just deadly but when i played online i lost so could be overhyping it um but uh as far as characters go um richter is definitely my new favorite marth was my old favorite so um i uh usually play marth when i couldn't get past the level in world of light and i just got pissed off and i wanted to use my good character but um so richter is dope uh bayonetta is okay incinerar i like but he definitely has a lot of cons like he, he's one of those characters like if you're really good with him you can fuck up a competition but like you have to know all of his ins and outs and i haven't put that time into him yet so uh but he but he's fun uh, i like his side b a lot um but other than that um i gotta put more time into the game in general just so I can, because uh, there's still a couple of characters that I haven't even got to put any time into. Like, I wanted to see if I like Corrin or Robin. Um, there was one other character I wanted to try a little bit. Uh, I, I played a little bit of Wolf. Wolf seems interesting, too. I also feel like I have to put more time into him to get the full enjoyment out of his character and see if I like him a lot for, like, you know, competition or whatever. Uh, not, not, I mean, like, just for friends. I'm not doing any tournaments. But uh, maybe on the, uh, you know, in a, an arena online. But uh, I um, have enjoyed this game immensely. And uh, I'm going to play it pretty much as soon as I'm done here. But um, other than Smash, I have, uh, um, I watch the Kind of Funny Game Showcase on Saturday. And I watch the Game Awards on Friday. I think it came, uh, Game Awards was Thursday, but I watched it on Friday. So, um, I, I will talk about those two things, um, uh, mainly for the games part of the show. Uh, so the, the, uh, Game Awards, the big announcements is that a Joker from Persona 5 is coming to Smash Bros. DLC, which got me hyped and got a whole lot of nerds hyped. And it's like a, a new level of crossover that no one saw coming. And, uh, apparently Nintendo made these picks. Um, so they're doing something. We have no fucking basis of what's going to happen next. So, uh, I'm extremely excited. And once I heard about Joker coming to smash, I bought the, the, uh, fighter season pass because I was thinking to myself, if you have one other fighter who is half as cool as Joker, then it was worth the 25 bucks like easy so um i can't wait for that to come out but the, uh, i think he's not coming until like what like february or march at the earliest so uh we'll see when, what happens when that when that uh comes out but uh other than that was like the biggest announcement in my personal opinion from the game awards but uh also other notable ones for me uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 is coming out. I used to love that game a lot on the uh, was the Xbox 360 era. Uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 was one of those games I used to play with one of my friends from middle school a lot. Um, so I can't believe there's a, like, they're finally doing a sequel. And what's even more insane about it is that they're doing a sequel that's a Switch exclusive. That is fucking amazing. That's going to be another great party game for the console. So I'm definitely going to buy it. I, I don't care if I have to play that shit by myself. Hopefully I don't have to, but 
I was a huge fan of that game. I'm hoping there's like online co-op or something. Um, but we'll see. Uh, when Nintendo, that is definitely not a guarantee. Um, other than that, uh, the Pathless caught my eye. Um, so from what it looks like, the Pathless just looks like a ninja version of Journey. So if you never played Journey, that's one of the best video games of all time. In my opinion, you can beat the whole thing in like two hours. It's gorgeous. It's an interesting story without words spoken. Um, so the Pathless reminded me a lot of Journey, but like with a ninja aesthetic. So um, I'm going to get it just for that alone. <laughs> so whenever that comes out, I'm all I'm all over it. And also uh, other big news, Crash Team Racing is getting a remake. And uh, I was never big in the Crash Bandicoot, never big in the, uh, into the Crash Bandicoot series, but I understand this is like, you know, playing on nostalgia. The, uh, the remake actually looks kind of dope, you know, kind of, uh, cool to have Mario Kart on, on PS4 basically. So, um, it looks dope. I probably won't get it, but it definitely looks like it'd be a fun game to play with a bunch, a bunch of people. And the other announcement, uh, my second favorite announcement of the show is that Psychonauts is finally getting a sequel. I completely gave up on that. So if Psychonauts is getting a sequel, I don't know why Jet Set Radio Future can't get a sequel. So that like we got we got Shenmue 3 coming out. We got a fucking Psychonauts sequel coming out. So fucking Jet Set Radio Future is overdue at this point. So we need one of those at some point. Um but yeah, I'm 100% getting a Psychonauts sequel whenever it comes out. Uh, I don't care if I have to upgrade my PC. I'm assuming it's coming to console at some point. But uh, yeah, I, I was a big fan of the original and I bought that game on a whim. So um, this is going to be cool to finally play the sequel to that. And uh, so that was all from the Game Awards. And uh, kind of funny game showcase... They uh, basically did a little uh, indie thing to like replace PSX, but they had games from like all over, like like uh, PC, Switch, PS4, Xbox. Uh, so they uh, it wasn't just PlayStation, and they uh, showed what uh, I want to say sixty three games in about like like about seventy minutes. Um, so they, they, it was really well polished. I really hope they do this yearly. They did a really great job on it. I'm really proud of all the guys who are working on it. Cause like it basically like a group of like, what, like what, like three, no, like, I'll be fair. Like let's say five people, uh, who like basically put together a conference with a month and a half notice. And it is like got in touch with a bunch of developers and, you know, put everything together. And it was so well polished and really well done. Honestly, it was better than some E3s. So, uh, I, I won't say like the, the games themselves were like better than let's say like God of War or whatever like that. But, uh, in terms of just polish and presentation and flow and pacing, it was definitely one of the best conferences I've ever seen. So, um, if you like indie games, you should definitely check it out. There were a couple of, uh, bigger announcements, like for example, Judgment, that's from the company that does the Yakuza series. Uh, they, they're making a, a new game that's, uh, like a detective version of the Yakuza and it coming out, it's coming out in summer next year on PS4. I'm definitely getting that, you know, since I've become a Yakuza fan over the last, what, like two years. So I'm, I'm definitely hundred percent getting judgment. That game looks dope. And the other game from the kind of funny game showcase that stuck out to me a lot was ape out. Ape out looks really fun. It basically looks like hotline Miami 
But instead of hot, instead of like you being a dude who shoots and kills people, you're just a giant gorilla just fucking niggas up. And you're just running around just massacring people as this big ass gorilla. And the art style is really like dope looking too. So uh, you should definitely Google Ape Out. That was the one that definitely caught my eye the most. And um, Moving Out also looked really fun. There wasn't really uh, much details for that. Oh, uh, Ape Out comes out February 7th on Switch and PC. So I'm getting that. But uh, Moving Out, uh, it didn't have any announcement date or uh, I don't think it said what console it was going to be for. But Moving Out basically looks like the moving version of Overcooked. So as a big fan of Overcooked, Moving Out looks like a fun party game to play. Uh, maybe I'll get it on PS4. We'll see. Um, but uh, it, it, it looks kind of like almost exact same art style as uh, Overcooked, just a little bit slower paced. Um, but it looked really fun. Uh, so that one looked uh, dope. And the other announcement that caught my eye was uh, the Danganronpa trilogy is coming to PS4. So uh, Danganronpa is like kind of like a, a cult cult kind of game uh i kind of got into it on a whim uh and and then like i didn't know what i was getting into and then i just fucking fell in love with it really hard so uh danganronpa is like a murder mystery series where uh high school kids are the best in their specific field for example you have the ultimate swimmer the ultimate chess master ultimate karate expert etc etc and you have 16 of these ultimates living in a uh, in a school all trapped together and only way to get out is if you kill another student and then when you have a trial to figure out who did it if everyone guesses the wrong person so that's the only way to escape and um it, it's a really fun series there's three games trilogy obviously so um the premise is the same in each game but the stories intermix a little bit and uh there's a little continuity between each game uh but they're mostly isolated stories so um you know you whittle down uh more and more people get killed off and uh it, it's a real like if you like uh like text adventures or those kind of games and like puzzle games Danganronpa is fucking amazing if you like murder murder mysteries and uh you also have to like to read actually that's not entirely true they have voice acting but um the uh the Danganronpa series one of my favorites um so yeah if you like that kind of thing check it out but uh yeah those were the bigger announcements from the uh, kind of funny game showcase and game awards but um other than that the last little bit of news I want to talk about apparently monster hunter world is getting an expansion in autumn of 2019 uh monster hunter world iceborne and iceborne is gonna uh, have new quests new ranks new locales new monsters new moves and new equipment and there's also going to be a new story that continues after the uh, main game's conclusion and uh the producer Ryozo Sujimoto from uh, according to IGN explained that Iceborne will be the size of previous G or ultimate entries in the series essentially that it would feel like a whole extra game and the price and exact release date will be announced later and uh, they also announced that early next year Geralt of Rivera from uh, Witcher 3 is going to come to switch I mean going to kind of come to Monster Hunter World as well and they're going to have like a, uh, they're not sure if it's going to be a, 
like a in-game outfit like it was with like Ryu, but it probably will. And um, apparently they're going to have uh, RPG elements for Geralt Rivera, so it'll actually feel like you're playing The Witcher. Uh, I'm, I'm a little skeptical of that specifically. I hope they pull it off because that would just give me more incentive to go back because I am almost guaranteed to buy Iceborne. Unless, like, August is apparently, like, popping for games. I mean, uh, Autumn is, like, popping for games. So, um, if we'll see what the what the gaming landscape looks like next year. But I would 100% be interested in playing this expansion. So, um, yeah. On that note, let's end this episode. Let me get a little bit of time for Smash Bros. before I gotta go to bed. Um, if you're not playing that game, you're slacking. Um, but if you are, good luck. I hope you have good connection speeds. Um, and good night, good morning, good evening, all of that. Good. Hope you're doing good. Um, you know, follow me on Twitter at Ugly Flame. Um, you can uh, donate to me on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Don't Quote Me podcast. Um, you can follow uh, us, like, subscribe, that whole shit, shebangabang or whatever, on Anchor, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Blueberry, and um, yeah, deuces, y'all.